This episode of the Europuck podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. Now, I think it's safe to assume that those of you listening to the show are hockey fans and are fans of the sport of ice hockey, but I know that some of you probably like other sports too. I know, Chris, you're a big football fan. Um, I'm mm-hmm. kind of interested in basketball and American football and everything, but I'm sure we have some fellow UFC fans out there, and you will know that the wait is finally over. The notorious Conor McGregor is stepping back into the octagon this Saturday. Before the fight gets underway, though, be sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, for a shot to turn $1 into $257. That's right, you heard me correctly, folks. New users to the platform can bet a single dollar on Conor McGregor to win by knockout in the first round, and if he does so, you'll walk away with $257. Bet a little, win a lot. It's really that simple, folks. You're not a UFC fan? Well, don't even worry about it, as DraftKings has you covered on a number of other major sports leagues, such as the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, and the English Premier League. I've personally been using DraftKings since 2017, and I love how safe, secure, and reliable their service is. It's really easy to deposit and withdraw your money whenever you want, and they also provide a variety of responsible gambling tools to help you take a break when you really need one. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN, it's on the screen there, THPN, when you sign up to turn $1 into $257 if McGregor wins by first-round knockout. That's promo code THPN for new players to get $257 if McGregor wins by first-round knockout. Available for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. A big thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring this episode. Hello, bonjour, hello, hi, heya, and previet hockey fans. Welcome back to the Euro Puck Podcast, the show where two Brits talk all things European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network, brought to you by both DraftKings and Cross-Check Clothing. That's right, Chris, we've got two sponsors on the show for the next little while. How cool is that? We have, yeah, we're uh, getting ourselves some sponsorship, getting uh, you guys that... uh, a cool merch in the uh, in the uh, example of cross-check clothing anyway and uh, opportunity of winning some money. Absolutely. So as you have heard, Chris is here. Uh, Hayden, Odd Man Rush, I'm here also. Welcome to the show, guys. I believe this is episode 20 of the Europuck podcast. Um, sounds about right. Sounds about right. I think last week was episode 19. Um, today is Tuesday the 19th of January, and we've got plenty of things to talk about, whether it be our new sponsors, whether it be European hockey. We've got plenty to talk about regarding European hockey. But Chris, before we begin, how are you today? Yes, not too bad. I'm bracing myself for the storm that we're going to get uh, oh. tomorrow here, here, in, <laughs> here in the East Midlands. Of, uh, of England, but uh, yeah, we're due to get like 50 mile an hour winds tomorrow and plenty of rain. Um, really? So, <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? And uh, yet another week with no sport for me to go to. Yay! Um, but speaking of the weather, did you guys get any snow this last week over the last yes. couple of days? Yeah, how much did you get? Yes. Um, six inch? Yeah, it can't, it can't have been more than that that we got either because I, I woke up, um, oh, it must have been what, Friday, Saturday, something like that. And I, and I woke up and I looked outside my window and there was snow on the ground. And for those of you who don't know here in the UK, unless you live like really far north in Scotland, 
snow isn't a thing that usually happens or if it does you get it like once or twice every single year so yeah, i tend to get it a lot more than you do oh for sure being yeah, slightly yeah. further north but uh... yeah but it's, i looked at someone and i was like we have snow why do we have snow we don't need snow <laughs> but then again it is january so what do you expect but anyway chris should we just crack on with some european stuff yes let's do it because you know we've got we've got quite a lot to talk about today so we may as well just crack on with it and um we're going to take you quickly through the scores across europe because we've got some other topics that we want to discuss and apparently chris has a quiz set up for me this week which i have yes, no I idea do. what to expect so um let's just get through the scores and the standings quickly and then we'll take you through that so we have the standings for the KHL first. I'll take you through them, and then Chris can add his thoughts afterwards. So, in the Western Conference, we have CSKA Moscow still up top, a one to nothing lead um, at the moment on Spartak Moscow, so a Moscow rivalry going on there. 73 points in 47 games for them. In second place, you have um, SK St. Petersburg, who just beat, um, I believe it was Avto, uh, Yekaterinburg, um, 3-1, I believe. Uh, 64 points in 48 games. You have Locomotive, 63 points in 47. Then uh, Dynamo Moscow, 61 points in 47. Then you have uh, a bit of a drop to fifth place. Uh, Dynamo Minsk, 54 points in 47 games. Yokre, only three games behind the rest of the league now, but one point back from Minsk with 53 points. Um, Sevastal Sharapovets, 52 points in 47 games. Spartak Moscow, 50. And then the teams outside of the playoffs, you've got Vityaz Podolsk, 49 points. HC Sochi, 32 points, so a real big drop. And then Dynamo Riga taking up the last place in the Western Conference with 21 points in 46 games. Then in the Eastern Conference, you have Akbars Kazan, who are the first team this season to guarantee their place at the Gagarin Cup playoffs. They did it with a 3-1 win over Avangard a couple of days ago, I believe. Um, 76 points in 48 games. So if they've got 76 points and Moscow have 72, I would imagine Moscow are pretty close behind in terms of securing themselves their first uh, playoff berth, or the first playoff berth in the West this year. Then you've got the aforementioned Avangard, 64 points in 48 games. Salavat with 62 and 49, Magnitogor 61 and 47, Yekaterinburg with 59 and 48, Torpedo 56 and 49, Tractor with 55 and 47, and uh, Barris Nor Sultan with 53 and 45. Those are the playoff berths. So still very close towards the middle of the pack and the kind of two to four spots. And then the teams outside of the playoffs, more in the Eastern Conference because Torpedo, or not Torpedo, um, Admiral Vladivostok isn't playing this year. You've got um, Sabir Novosibirsk, 44 points, so a real drop compared to Barris. Then Amur Habarovsk with 39 points. Then you've got Neftahimik with 30 points. And Kaloon Red Star also with 30 points, but two games in hand on Neftahimik. So they might be able to sneak up into the penultimate spot in the Eastern Conference, which for a team like Kaloon Red Star, that would be a huge victory. So Chris, what are your thoughts on the KHL so far? Yeah, um, not much has changed since since last week, really. Uh, Mac Bazkazan, as you said, getting the um, the first berth in the uh, playoffs for for this year, and as you say, CSK Moscow are um, maybe three or four games away. Doing some quick maths on there, so it's a bit tighter in the um, in the West. But uh, yeah, the midfield is very very tight. I think. Give them their what twelve points clear now, Akbars. Yeah. If, if their game against Riga stays the same, you know they they probably got that first place pretty much wrapped up because mm. they're six games clear. True. With what fourteen to go, so it's mm. uh, they've got to have quite a big drop off to not get first there. Um, but then yeah, that midfield is pretty tight, and of course the first the top four get the uh, the home advantage in the first round, so uh, you're definitely going to want to try and get into there to avoid having one of the higher seeded teams in the first round. 
Um, same as still, there's all to play for down near the bottom as well. I mean, Barris and Sultana are in eighth at the minute, so they would come up against Akbars, but they've got games in hand. And they've got three games in hand over Yekaterinburg and three games is six points and that puts them level with Yekaterinburg. So, you know, it's all still to play for down at the bottom there. Again, nine points difference between Sabir and Barris and Barris have got games in hand. It's looking as though we probably know the eight teams in the East or at least seven of them. Um, over in the West, it is a little bit tighter, but if you take out Sochi and Riga, you know, we know that eight of the nine teams in the top of there are going to make it. And again, with um, Podolski, it's a bit tighter, but there's only one or two games in it between Podolski ninth and Jokerit in sixth. So again, you could see some movers and shakers there. But uh, yeah, getting into the close now, I think the, um, the last few weeks of the regular season, if I know correctly, the regular season finishes at the end of February, so only about five weeks left of the regular season. Wow, that's so come quick, hasn't it? In, <laughs> yeah, not far off in the KHL at all from getting into the nitty-gritty playoffs. Absolutely. So so basically, by the looks of it, we've got nine teams still looking to clinch a berth in the playoffs. Sochi and Dinamo Riga are pretty much out of it, let's be perfectly honest. And then, so basically, it's going to be a decision of who's going to get in the playoffs between um, let's say Sheripovets, Spartak Moscow and Vityaz Podolsk two of those three teams are going to make it based on the standings at the moment. There's going to be one team that's going to be bitterly disappointed at the end of the year, but there still is something to play for there for nine teams. Whereas the Eastern Conference, I feel like Barris Nur Sultan's going to be a real dark horse team because they have those couple of games in hand. And like you mentioned, if they go on a bit of a run, they've only won two of their last five games, but they've, they're coming off a win against... Uh, against uh, Amur and they're currently winning one nothing against Jokerit so you know if they string together a couple of wins here like you mentioned they could be sitting as high as fifth or sixth in the division so we really could be seeing some competitive hockey down the stretch but we already know the eight teams there whereas the Western Conference there's nine teams still competing we've basically got the eight teams that are going to be making the playoffs it's just a question of who goes where so yeah we're, yeah we're- it's just the order yeah exactly so we're in the dog days of the KHL season now there's going to be some some teams that are left bitterly disappointed when they drop two points against some of their opponents. And some of these lower teams down the league could play upset for some of these other teams as well. So we're going to have some exciting hockey coming up. And by the end of February, we'll be sitting here giving you an overview of the entire KHL season, which is absolutely crazy to think about. But let's move on to the next highest league in Europe. And that is, of course, the Swedish Hockey League. Now, there's there's still some exciting stuff going on in the Swedish Hockey League. I mean, there's still some uh, places to be won. We're only about a third halfway through the season, just over halfway, I think I remember, from what we mentioned last week. So um, I'll take you through the standings and I'll get Chris's thoughts again. So first off, in first place in the league, we have Rugla BK, 67 points in 33 games. They have one game in hand on second place Fulunda and two points more. So uh, a a nice cushion to have at this point in the season, but nothing set in stone, of course. So you have Fulunda and the Vaksha Lakers with 65 points and 63 points, respectively, both with 34 games played. You have Lulia that's also tied with points with Vaxia, but they have three game three games in hand on Frolunda and Vaxia and two games in hand on Lulia. So they could jump up to first place if they play well enough. Then you've kind of got the drop-off point. You've got Orboro with 57 points in 32 games. Lexans with 52 points in 33 games. There's even more of a drop-off there as well. And then you have Skaleftia, Jagardan, Firestad, and Oskarshamn taking up the kind of quarterfinal spots 
all the uh, round of eight spots. 50 points, 47, 45, and 37, respectively. So once again, Oscar Sham kind of holding on to that eight, that tenth seed by the skin of their teeth, really. Then you have the Malmo Redhawks, 36 points in 31 games played. I wouldn't be surprised if they jumped up to that tenth seed, given the fact that they've got two games in hand. HV71, uh, four points back after that with 32 points in 32 games. So basically a solid 500 team, which, as you can see in the Swedish Hockey League, doesn't get you very far. And then uh, 13th and 14th in the playout rounds, according to Flash scores, you have Breen SIF and Linköpings with 31 and 30 points respectively. However, Breen SIF has five games in hand on the teams around them. So all it takes is a win or two and they can jump up into the safe category. But whether they make it into the playoffs is another matter entirely. Chris, your thoughts on the Swedish league? Uh, very much the same as what you've just said, really. The top four, I think, pretty much are going to be the top four. They've got a decent gap already. There's quite a bit of a drop-off to our I mean, granted, it's only a couple of games, but you know, those are the, very much the teams you'd expect to see around the top, the yes. Champions Hockey League calibre teams. Um, get it down towards the bottom. There aren't, there aren't massive drop-offs through like, the, like there are in the KHL. I think even you know, Linköpings and, and Brinus, you know, they're not out of it particularly when it's three points for a win, you get a couple of results go your way and all of a sudden you're out of that playout sections. Uh, Lynch Pins, of course, getting the 4-2 victory over Oscar Shaman uh, a couple of days ago. That was the first win since sacking the, uh, the old head coach. True. Um, so yeah, Swedish Hockey League, there's, there's like I say, quite a bit longer to, to go in the Swedish Hockey League, I believe. Um, they are going through until the 11th of March, but we are still getting towards the business end. There's about 15 or so games left in the in the Swedish Hockey League. So again, it's going to be, you know, we're going to start in a couple of weeks, really starting to look at the last 10 game run-ins of some of these teams that are on the edge of the playoffs and the edge of the playout zones and, and things like that around Europe and seeing... Uh, yeah, seeing how uh, how they do. Exactly, and I think the fact that the Swedish Hockey League has a playout round compared to the KHL, which all of the teams stay there, makes it that little bit extra exciting and kind of seeing like, oh, the, the difference could be one or two points between having to fight to not be relegated uh, into the Allsvenskan uh, or staying up for another season. So it's going to get really exciting. Essentially, the Swedish Hockey League is about a fortnight behind the KHL. By the end of January, we'll be talking as if we were talking about the KHL now. So there's going to be some interesting matchups there. I'm really curious to see who takes that first spot by the end of the season because there's four teams that it's still all to play for and all it takes is for one of them to go on a bit of a run. Like Lulia, for example, they've had games in hand. They've won four out of their last five, got points in five straight. So, you know, like they've kind of a little bit come out of nowhere and they're tying the Vaxha Lakers for third place and they're only four points back and they're three games in hand. So all it takes is two wins. They're up in first place. Could you imagine if Lulia came with kind of like a, a late season push with all of their games in hand and managed to take the Swedish Hockey League title? That'd be pretty impressive. I'll give them that. Um, so that's the second league. Let's move on to the third league in Europe, which is the Finnish Liga. So, uh, we, Chris, do you want to take us through the standings for the Finnish Liga? Yeah, so the Finnish Liga, uh, they are roughly, what, 24-25 games. Playing, we've got Luko at the top, 54 points, 25 games. Ilves in second, they've got a game in hand at the five points back. It's quite close at the top as well. The Pelicans on 48, IFK of Sinki 44. Uh, Coco 42 and Kalpa 41. So that's, you know, the top six that get those buys into the quarterfinals. Uh, they're still relatively tight. Uh, there's a bit of a drop-off, but not much to Tapera Karpat, Turku and Vasan Sport, uh, who are on 37, 36, 36 and 33. Uh, and they're in the uh, the round of 16, so to speak, in the um, in the playoffs. 
Asa, Saipai, Yukarit, uh, JYP and Hamelina at the foot of the table. Uh, the jump really is to JYP and Hamelina. Everybody else has kind of got a chance of getting in. Uh, Yukarit in 13th on 29 points, only four points back from those playoff spots. Saipai are only three points back and they've got two uh, games in hand over the majority of teams as well. TPS Turkey, you'd expect to potentially jump up a bit when they play uh, their games in hand. Again, a team with plenty of pedigree in there as well. Um, but again, it's just ticking along quite nicely, really. There's not a not a great deal to report week to week. Yeah, pretty much. I, I think it's interesting, though, because I've got the flash scores up as it stands right now. And as we're talking, there's games being played on Tuesday, the 19th of January. Yeah. And Tapara, uh, Tampere, they're currently up in seventh with a three to nothing lead over uh, Yip Yavaskala, who are obviously in 14th in the league. And that's meant that both Karpa and TPS Turku have dropped to, uh, a place in the standings. They've basically leapfrogged over both of them. So it's still very close, kind of the middle of the pack, the seventh to the tenth spots. You could even say Tapara, if they keep up their pace... They, they, they still could, could be could be competitive with kind of Cuckoo and Kalper as well, but with those two teams also winning their games or le- leading in those games, one nothing and three one respectively, it's very much kind of Luko's league to lose at this point, or as it looks right now, doesn't it, Chris? Yeah, it, it does. They're five points clear. Yes, a couple of teams have got games in hand around them, but it's always nice being near the top of the table because you're. You're completely in control of, of what you do there. If you if you keep picking up wins, then then teams can't catch you. It's it, it's a difficult one because sometimes it's easier to be at the top and know you're completely in control. But then sometimes it's easier to be the chaser because you've got the motivation every every game to to get that victory to try and close the gap. But uh, I mean, Luca again. I mean, the, the regulation wins that they've got. You know, they either win or they don't. They don't take it to. Uh, to extra time anyway. It's just they're the only team to have done that. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it keeps ticking along throughout the uh, the month of January. And uh, as that, again, as that starts to tick towards the, the business end of the season, see if Luco holds strong or if they bottle it. Because by the looks of it, the Liga season is about halfway through, isn't it? They play about 50 games. It's about that, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something along those lines. Obviously, uh, we've mentioned several times in, in recent episodes, the two-week break they had to take over the Christmas period and in kind of early to mid-December. Um, but it, yeah, it's really interesting. I didn't even realise until you mentioned it that Luco haven't had to go to overtime or a shootout in order to decide any of their 25 games so far this season. And like you mentioned, Chris, the whole... Um, it's always good to be at the top of the standings if you can keep chipping away and picking up wins. Luko have done that. Four wins in their last five games. They're 18-7-0 this season. So a really good showing from them so far. But as we've seen with several of the other leagues, especially the KHL and the SHL, pr- primarily the SHL more so than the KHL, we, we'll look at these standings. There'll be that five-point gap. But all it takes is for Luko to drop a couple of games and then Eels and the Pelicans to win a couple of games. And it goes back to being super competitive. So it'll be very exciting yeah. to see how the uh, Finnish Liga matches up because obviously this will be one of the teams that we discuss their regular seasons in a lot more detail as the months go on because we'll be getting into the playoffs for a lot of the other teams. Maybe we can even do some like um, uh, season reviews for the teams that miss the playoffs in some of the European leagues as they go along because they'll be like filtering in yeah. quite nicely as I we mean, go along. I mean, once we get, like once the KHL gets into the playoffs and we go, right, this team's 2-0 up, this team's 1-0 up, there's less to talk about. So yeah, 
And also, like, at the end of the KHL season, we can dedicate an episode to just talking about the KHL season, rounding it off, the top scorer, the best goaltenders, all of the awards and stuff, kind of doing, like, a season review of all of the teams that missed out on the postseason and then kind of leading into the next episode. Yeah, go for it. The Liga goes through until the middle of April, so it's still got plenty to run. Okay, perfect. So we've got a lot to talk about over the coming months. That's good, because when half of the teams from the KHL and the SHL have been eliminated from the playoffs, we're going to need some leagues to talk about, because otherwise we're going to run out of things to say. But regardless, let's move on (laughs) to the Swiss National League, uh, as it stands right now. So, uh, as it stands, we have Zug with 63 points in 27 games. They've really pulled away with this... uh, with this league and it's very much theirs to lose at this point you then have the Zurich Lions with 50 points in 26 games uh, Fribourg with 48 in 27 Geneva Servette with 43 in 24 Lausanne with 42 in 21 games played so they could be a bit of a dark horse here then HC Davos who started the year not particularly very well 37 points in 27 games to take the final quarterfinal spot on the first round bye however hot on their heels you've got HC Lugano and Abiel with 36 points respectively yet Lugano has played 25 games Abiel has played 26 so they have games in hand on Davos. Then you have HC Ambry Piotta and the Rappersville Yona Lakers with 30 points and 29 points respectively. Then in the relegation zone, you have the Langau Tigers with 22 points, SC Bern with 19 points. But we're going to be talking a lot of, uh, a lot more about the Swiss League in one of our bonus clips this week. So to sum up, as far as we're aware, there isn't any relegation this year in the Swiss League and there's not going to be any relegation for the yeah. next couple of seasons. So our uh, kind of discussion last week about SC Bern potentially... Um, going down to the National League B or the Second League or whatever they're calling it from now on. Um, That's not going to happen. So they're going to get the chance to stay up. Those lucky buggers, the one season they don't do very well, they get to stay up and don't have to worry about relegation. But Chris, what are your thoughts on the Swiss League? Yeah, there's been a couple of games since we since we last spoke. And, you know, some teams have picked up a couple of wins in that and some teams have struggled. Um, the, the thing that jumps out to me is Lausanne, who are in fifth and yet have six games in hand. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the potential of what about 18 points in that, which would jump them up to 60, and all of a sudden they're right up there. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they can easily, with the games in hand they've got, they can easily jump up to second. Yeah. Um, you know, they only have to win three of the six games in hand to jump up to second. So, yeah, expect to see them climb the climb the league table before the end of the season. Um, and again, it's it's just that really tight midfield. You've got three teams within a point of each other. Who's going to get that buy into the into the round of the playoffs? Have that rest. Uh, we know that you know sometimes that can work against you because if you have a bit of a you know if you have a week week and a half rest, then sometimes it works against you. We'll have to see what happens with that this year, but. Uh, I think it's just going to be interesting to have a look at that midfield. Obviously, this year, I think it's it's kind of harder to tell this year than any other year because there have been so many postponements and teams have got games in hand left, right and centre. Um, it's, it's almost difficult to see where teams lie. Then again, saying that, the Elite League always kind of had teams going left, right and centre with different games played because of rink availability and what have you. Anyway, so we'll just keep our eye on it and... As I said, expect to see Lausanne climb up the table when they play their games in hand. Yeah, and, and as you mentioned, us us hockey fans here in the UK, we're used to having some teams of having played seven or eight more games than some of the others because then you factor in the Challenge Cup and everything like that and it's just all over the place and nobody knows yeah, how many games have been played. <laughs> things like, you know, take Nottingham, for example, where 
you know, there aren't concerts throughout the winter, so they cram home games in. Then we end yep. up with like an eight-game road trip towards the end of the season and things yep. like that. Absolutely. Um, the, the one question I do have, because we talked about Burn in a lot of detail last week, but I mean, they're 19 points in 19 games. They have, uh, well, up to nine games in hand compared to some of the other teams. So say if they did go on a miracle run and win all of those games, where would that put them in the league then? Uh, eight games, 24 potential points, puts them 43, so fifth. Wow, so that really does go to show you the difference between last place and a position with a first round bye. Literally, if if Burn, which, I mean, based on the season they've had so far, it's it's unlikely, but you never know. They won their most recent game, so anything can happen, right, guys? But imagine if they go on a tear and they win all of those games, they'll be in a position where they've gone from the bottom of the league all the way to fifth or battling for a uh, first round bye. So obviously we're still quite early on. We're kind of halfway through the Swiss League also, and they've had their fair share of uh, troubles. But it's kind of when we get to this point in the season, looking at those kind of mid-table battlegrounds is so fascinating to me. Like looking at the Davos, Lugano and Beal situation there. Then you've got Lausanne, Geneva and Freeball kind of battling it out as well. It's so interesting to see like the little mini campaigns that are going on through the, the war that is the regular season. So yeah, it's going to be really fun. Really fun indeed. Um, shall we move on to the German DEL, Chris? Yeah, we'll briefly touch on to the German DEL because there's not a lot that's happened. Yeah. Um, so obviously they're still playing the north-south split and they're still less than 10 games played, so I'll really just run through it. Uh, Bremerhaven, they've won the last five in a row. They're top of the league. We did mention the other uh, the other week, was it the um, it's in Roosters who had won all of them? One of the teams had won all of their uh, games so far anyway. I think, I, think it was, I think it was Bremerhaven, yeah. Uh, well, no, because they've won the last few, but um, okay, yeah, maybe. so they're, they're top of the table, Berlin just behind them, um, but they are, Bremerhaven are now a game out in front. Uh, the team at the bottom is Krefeld Penguin. They've lost all of their games, conceded 38 goals <laughs> oh. in eight games, which is what, an average of just under five. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, so oh. not great for them. They're already looking like they might struggle to get into the playoffs even at this early stage. They're five games back within eight games. Uh, played in the south, had Manheim towards the top. Uh, Red Bull Munich climbing up, as we thought they would do, with a couple of wins on the bounce. Uh, the Panthers, a couple of wins on the bounce as well. The Nuremberg Ice Tigers, though, struggling at the bottom, having lost two in a row. Uh, the Strubbing Tigers as well, having lost four out of their last uh, five games. Not great there. They were 1-1-1, uh, one, 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 and now they're 2-5-1. Uh, and one. So not great for uh, Ouch. <laughs> the Tigers. But yeah, not great, man, to talk about in the DEL because it's so, uh, so early days. Um, do you remember how many games the DEL season is going to be this year? Because I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't. I think it's about forty-two. Yeah. So okay. So let, let let's take that as the example. Forty-two games. We uh, I've heard a lot of talk in the NHL over the last couple of weeks because you know the NHL season began last week as we recorded our episode. There's a lot of talk about if you you know it's kind of more preseason hockey the first week or so, and I would imagine it's very much the same with uh, the DL because they've been off for so long, similar to the NHL. But also, it's kind of like, you know, like it takes a little while for them to get into proper game form because they haven't had any preseason games, had a very short training camp, most of these teams. So it's difficult for them to kind of come out swinging 
um, out of the jump. However, the interesting thing is a lot of people have mentioned, oh, if, uh, it's really easy in a 56-game season. If you drop most of your first 9, 10 games or so, it's going to be really difficult for you to be able to jump back into it and kind of compete for a spot if you go well for the rest of the year. And I feel like the Krefeld Penguin are kind of in that situation right now. They've dropped almost their first 10 games of the year. They've been outscored or, or allowed roughly five goals against every single game. We could be in a position right now where this whole run that they've had at the start of the season, no matter how good they carry on for the rest of the year, this might be the thing that ultimately stops them from making it to the playoffs. So that'd be a real tough run, wouldn't it, Chris? Yeah, it would. And we, we see that quite often, particularly now the NHL's experiencing it this year for the first time in a long time um, with the shortened season. We're yeah. used to having like 50-odd game seasons over here in Europe. Yeah. Um, and it is it does kind of make each game matter a little bit more because, as you said, if you don't play well in the first month of the season, you're already finding yourselves five games back from the rest, from, from the playoffs. And don't forget that see, these teams are going to be picking up wins as well. So, you know, it is a real tough ask, even in this uh, at this early stage for, for Crefeld. I mean, it's not impossible by any stretch no, of the no, imagination. No. Um, and, you know, they, they could turn it around, but... The longer it goes on, the more they're going to be desperate to get that first win on the board. Yeah, let alone compete for the playoffs by the end of the year. It's kind of yeah. a, and it just really like eats away at the team's confidence when they're trying everything they can and they lose eight, nine, maybe even ten games on the trot. I do find it interesting though that they've got um the ice uh, the Berlin Ice Bears ranked as the second team in the North Division with fourteen points, whereas the Roosters are third place with seventeen. It sounds by by the looks of it, it's very similar to what the KHL does with their divisions. Maybe kind of having the the top team from each division takes the first and second spot, regardless of how many points i just wanted to point that out because i've noticed that because by the north uh the, the north standings the uh ice bear should be in fourth place but they sit in second so there you go uh let's uh, take oh, that. I'll have a look. yeah i've noticed it on flash scores right now just check it's not an issue because uh bremer haven't have 18 points then the ice low and roosters have 17 points but the roosters are in third place whereas berlin are in second place with 14 points in seven games maybe they count the games in hand I as well Maybe no, uh, I don't know. Looking at this, I think they are doing on the DEO website. There's another column, and right. it looks as though they're arranging it by points per game. I see. Okay, fair enough. Just that, in that case there's cancellations and stuff. That, so, that's a smart uh, idea. Berlin have got two points per game, whereas the Roosters have got one point eight eight nine points per game. Yeah, and because uh, Berlin have played less games, they've got two games in hand yeah. on the Roosters. Right, that makes sense. See, that's this, why. This is why I need you around, Chris. You just help me out with all <laughs> these little points. Like you don't even know them yourselves. You take two seconds, you find it, and it's wonderful. We've fixed the whole problem. Um, so let's move on to the kind of the last of the bigger leagues within Europe, and that is, of course, the Czech Extraliga. So let me take you through the standings of the Czech Extraliga. We have HC Sparta Prague in first place, currently winning 3-2 over Sesk Budijovic, who are the last place team in the league. Uh, 70 points in 35 games. They've got a nice little cushion up at top. Then Mlada Boleslav with 65 points in 34 games. Osleri Trinec currently dropping to third place because Boleslav are playing uh, Mountfield HK and beating them 2-1 at the moment. Sparta Prague just scored again. It's 4-2 to Sparta Prague. So there you go. Um, <laughs> so Osleri Trinec have dropped to third place as it stands right now, but they do have two games in hand on Mlada Boleslav and one point behind. 
Then you have Billy Tiggery Liberec with a 2 0 lead over HC Poulsen or Color. Yep, HC Poulsen. Uh, 60 points in 34 games. Poulsen, the aforementioned team, uh, taking the first of the um, round of eight spots. 59 points in 34 games, so very close there still. Mountfield HK, 57 points in 34 games. Carlo Vivari, 54 points in 33 games. Then you have Pardubis uh, with 53, so that's pretty much kind of fifth to eighth is still competing. Then you have Kometa Berno kind of by themselves. Vitkovic, Olomouk, and Litvinov taking the final um, first round playoff berth with 41, 39, and 38 points respectively. Then you have Zlin with 32 points and Sesk Budajovic probably not going to make the playoffs all things considered 24 points in 34 games so by the looks of it sparta prague are very much up there by themselves however mlada boloslav if they get a win they're still very close then trinex kind of the top three is still competing for it liberec maybe but then it's kind of fourth to seventh is competing fourth to eighth maybe then cometa berno then 10th to 12th and everybody else what do you think about the czech league chris yeah, very much what you've just said, really. Nobody's on a massively hot run. It's relatively tight in, in places. You've got second to fourth is quite close. Fifth to eighth is quite close. Um, Meta Berno still kind of in no man's land, as, as they have been for a while. Um, it's starting to look as though those 12 teams might be the ones that make the playoffs. Zlin are six points back, which is a couple of games, but Litvinov have got a couple of games in hand. Again, as you said, Cespajovic's um, and now 14 games back, uh, sorry, 14 points back, uh, which is a good five games. And again, Litvinov have got games in hand. So again, it's not impossible, but starting to become a tall ass for some of those teams at the bottom. Definitely. And uh, I would imagine we're kind of in the latter half of the um, extra league season. So once again, it's going to be one of those leagues that within the next couple of weeks we're really going to be sitting here going okay every point matters here now folks and we might have the first place team because if Sparta Prague goes on a bit of a run they've got points in their last five games but it's looking like if they beat uh Sesk Budajovic they will have won four of their last six games and had points in six straight so it's kind of those little yeah, runs like so that isn't it like picking up those points yeah. um whether it, whether you lose the game picking up the, that extra point or two that's going to make the difference down the stretch isn't it yeah, so with with the fifty two game season of the of the Czech Extra League, you know you you're less than twenty games to go now for yeah. the vast majority of these teams. So you're looking at like says Budjevic at the bottom, but then to get into there, they've got to win a good number. You're probably talking kind of mid teens of their games, kind of fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, um, and obviously you've got to win then twenty five percent more of your games in Litvinov. So it does start to become a tall ask. Um, I think a lot of the teams will be focusing on now trying to just cement their position. Uh, Sparta Prague, Boleslav, Trinek up at the top. Trinek's got some games in hand. They're going to look to push the top, increase that gap to Liberec. And Liberec are going to be looking over their shoulders to try and avoid, uh, well, to try and secure that buy into the uh, second round of the playoffs. Absolutely. So uh, that's the the final one of the big kind of European leagues. Let's quickly take you through uh, four different of the sort of minor um, kind of lesser known uh, European leagues because once again to remind you we're not looking at the Polish league this year because it's pretty well this episode and until the regular season is done because pretty much we know who's making the playoffs and it's pretty much all figured out by then so let's start with the ice hockey league the Austrian hockey league 
Uh, so we have HC Bolzano in first place, 68 points in 32 games played, which is really impressive considering the uh, Furhaver AV19, 67 points in 36 games. So one point back from first place. However, Bolzano have four games in hand, so I would expect them to stay up there, especially since they've got points in their last three games. Uh, then you have Klagenfurter with 62 points in 33 games. The Vienna Capitals, 61 points in 33 games. Then there's the bit of the drop with Red Bull Salzburg, 53 points in 30 games. Uh, Dawn Burner with 52 and 33. Then you have the Graz 99ers who welcome back former Cardiff Devils, uh, Netminder and uh, podcast guest Ben Bounds to their roster. Help them get a win as well. A 2-1 overtime win, I believe, is what Chris told me. Um, so yep. uh, 43 points in 33 games. So a real drop-off compared to Dawn Byrne and Graz. Garth Bounds was healthy all year. Who who knows? Who knows what could have happened? Then you have uh, Innsbruck with 39 points in 33 games. Vilac with 38 points in 33 games. Um, Bratislava also 38 points in 33 games. And then the Black Wings Lings, or the Black Wings Lins, I should say, they have officially made their place in the loser stage with 22 points in 33 games. So, Chris, do you want to give us your thoughts on the Austrian League and just remind us how the winners-loser stage works and when they're roughly going to go into that? Yeah, so what happens is they play, I believe it's 40 mm -hmm. um, games in the regular season. Uh, so you play everybody home and away twice, and then the league splits. So the top five teams then play each other again home and away once, and the bottom six teams play each other home and away once. Um, and then the top eight teams make playoffs. So you already know that you know Linz are going to be in the losers stage. Um, it's looking as though, I mean, it's, it's it's not impossible, but you're looking at everybody probably, including Graz 99ers down, are going to be in the loser stage because there's that nine-point gap. Yeah. When you've only got seven games left to play to gain three games over your rivals to get into that. In fact, it's a 10-point gap back to Salzburg uh, to get into that winning stage. So it, it does start to get a bit of a tall order um, for, for those teams. Uh, but so what they'll be focusing on now really is, uh, you know, trying to get as as many points as they can in this regular season because the points don't reset. They 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 still carry over. You don't. Everyone doesn't start on zero again. Um, so if you've got, for example, if we take let's just take Graz for example. At the moment, they've got a five point cushion. Their yeah. focus right now is going to be getting as many points as possible to try and increase that gap so that if anything does go wrong in the loser's stage, they might still be able to get themselves into those uh, playoffs. But, I mean, what you've got to remember there as well is that there's, if we take the bottom team, Innsbruck 39 to Bolzano at 68, that's 29 points. It's 10 games. It's not... Because it's three points for a win, it's it's not the most wide open league yeah. in the world. Like so, there's there's very few games go against you to find yourself dropping down the league. Yeah, it, it, you know there isn't a sixty point gap and you know, there's a massive golf in class. So you know those those playoffs might be ones to watch because you could see the a potential for some teams to you know come unstuck against teams lower down. Absolutely, and kind of some teams might jump up and some teams might end up, for example, the kind of fourth, fifth seed. If they're playing the first, second, third seed for the rest of the season, they might be taking uh, many more losses than they usually would. And if the sixth to the 11th seeds are playing each other, the kind of higher seeded teams might pick up a load of wins against their opponents. So you might see a bit of a shift in the midfield. But essentially at this point, until the, the winners and the loser stages get started, 
basically the la- the final question there is is whether Salzburg or Dornburn are going to be sitting in that final spot because there's one point between them. Yes, yeah, Salzburg have three games in hand compared to them, so that they very much have the advantage here. But wh- who knows? Maybe once all the teams have played forty games, they might be one point behind because they didn't quite get it done, and Dornburn get to go to the winner's stage. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be the, very the interesting. One thing, the one thing I I don't know, and I well, someone in the comments might be able to tell me, and I I don't know for sure, is if if the team in what is it sixth place? If the team at sixth place wins all their games in the loser stage, and the team in fifth place loses all their games in the winners stage, I think they still can't drop below fifth, if you know what I mean. Okay. Oh, I, I thought they could. Can, I think you can end up... I think I don't know. Yeah. Someone might be able to tell so, me. So, but, so um, either it's going to be they switch positions for the end of the season, or it's going to be a case of the fifth seed could have less points than the sixth seed, but because the sixth seed played the losers and the fifth seed played the winners, they stay in their respective groups. That's going to be interesting to yeah. figure out. Well, I mean, this is the first I'm time we've looked to... at the um, Austrian Ice Hockey League, so we have no idea. So we on, have... my, on my work computer, apparently, I've hit the maximum number of pages I can look at at Elite Prospects. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to have a look on here and see if I can... Oh, I hate it when that happens. <laughs> yeah, I'll so... have a look on the... My yeah, go for it. I, I, I guess it's going to be, it's going to be one of two situations, right? Either they're going to have the top five teams secured and be like, okay, these are the winners' teams. Nobody can drop below the winners, the final berth in the winners' stage. Because then, how does the playoffs? Yeah, that's work exactly what happens. Okay, that's exactly so, what so, happens. So they lock the group based completely. on last season. Okay. Yeah. So even so, last season, uh, Graz ninety niners were fifth place in the winners' stage. Okay. So they they still took the fifth seed, but then um, sixth, seventh, and eighth place. So the three teams that wow. made the playoffs from the win from the loser stage were all better than uh, the Graz ninety niners. So, so, but then so, obviously the playoffs were cancelled. So that's interesting. So having a good kind of first half slash first two thirds of the season can guarantee that you lock up the fifth seed regardless of how you how yes. well you play for that's yeah. a really interesting concept and that's what i love about doing this podcast could you imagine any other league around like north america having that kind of concept it's so like european the, hockey i love it <laughs> the scottish football premiership has a similar system oh yes of course <laughs> well, <laughs> i know i know you wouldn't yeah. know that but the, the scottish <laughs> football premiership has it has a similar system but yeah so you can't so even if you win all your games in the losers stage, you can't get higher than sixth. So right. I suppose that does make sense. You can't go appallingly for the first half of the season, win your last, uh, what, win the last ten games of the season, and all of a sudden end up with the third seed overall. True, but then again, it makes me wonder what's the point. In, what's the point of the winners and the losers stage in the first place? Then just do it like a normal regular season standings, you know. I suppose. I don't yeah. know. We're not Austrian hockey fans primarily, so if anybody that, that any follows, Austrian hockey fans yes. that are, yeah, any Austrian hockey fans that are listening, do you like this system or would you rather just have a complete finished table system? Yeah, absolutely. Do let us know because it's very unique, but it's very European hockey, and I love it. So uh, let's move on to one of the final leagues we're going to be looking at. We're going to go through these ones quickly: the Danish Metal League. So we have three teams that have made the playoffs. I'm pretty sure that's the same as last week. We have uh, yeah, Runstead yeah. with 71.5 points. Once again, 
the league that has 0.5 points. It's basically how we've known the Danish Metal League, the league that has the 0.5 points for some of their teams. Um, so 71.5 points in 33 games for Rungsted, Alborg 68 points in 33 games, and Edgeberg Energy 67 points in 33 games. So still the chance for Edgeberg to jump up to second. And, you know, it's still quite it's still competitive enough that any of those three teams could end up first by the end of the season. Then you have Herning Blue Fox, who've also, sorry, I didn't realise because my... um. Uh, my webcam is kind oh, of in yes, the way. Yeah, yeah Herning Blue, Blue Fox, Fox yeah. have also guaranteed a spot in the playoffs. I didn't realize that. Sorry, Herning Blue Fox and Blue Fox fans. <laughs> um, 58 and a half points in 35 games for them. So basically half the playoff spots have been decided uh, so far in the season. Then you've got Fredericksharven with uh, 49.5 points in 34 games. Sondersjok with 45. Herlev with 42 and a half. And the uh, Rodovera the Rodovra Mighty Bulls, something like that. 36 points in 35 games. There's always a team that, the name that I mess up every single week is usually there that There is. One. There are always one, yeah. Yeah, there's but, always um, one. Yeah, so four teams have made playoffs here. Uh, it's a 48-game regular season. Okay, so we're getting close. Um, so Odense have got 12 games to go. That's a maximum of 36 points, which gets them to 57. Hence why Herning have now secured their playoffs. So expect the other teams to rapidly start to, to get into the playoffs as well, because obviously that's going to drop by three every single game. Yep. So it's only going to take a couple of games for Frederiksarven to then get in there. Uh, it can only take a couple of games after that for Sondersjaik to get in there, one game after that for Hurler to get in there. So give it a couple of weeks and we're going to be in a situation where like, is, if Odense keep playing as poorly as they have been, seven of their, um, you know, seven of the eight teams are going to get in um, and then even uh, Redeva are going to secure their place for too long as well so basically odense uh it's up to you <laughs> figure out which way you want to go and stick to it um so let's move on to the penultimate league which is the norwegian fjordcraft ligan so we was very close up the top of the standings here still so far this season we have a uh, storehammer with 53 points in 24 games we have frisk Asker with 52 in 23 games valarenga with 50 points in 25 and the stavanger oilers with 48 in 24 so top three kind of top four if you want to put stavanger in there as well they have won five straight games so you know don't count them out yet then you have Lilyhammer with 44 points in 24 games, Stjernan with 39 in 24, Mangalrud with 22 in 22 games. So basically from 6th to 7th, the massive drop like we saw last week. And then Sparta Sarpsborg, they really haven't done a very good job with their games in hand they've had all season. Lost five straight games and points in one of their last five. Then you have Narvik with 11 points in 27 games and Grunut with 10 points in 20 games. So very much top three, top four competing for it. Then you've got Lilyhammer and arguably Stjernan, I should say, um, kind of there in the in the middle field then uh after that it's basically anybody's guess at this point isn't it chris yeah um we're talking only about 15 or so games left to go in that as well it's not uh, it's not a big league not a big season um and you look at spartak Salzburg, who yeah they've not done very well but they've got so many games in hand uh manglewood as well there's such a massive gap though between six and seven you're talking kind of seven and ten Two of the four teams we know from last year that Narvik and Gruner should have been relegated last year and they weren't because the season didn't finish. It looks like they're going to do the same this year. Okay, fair enough. So there you go. That's the uh, Norwegian Fieldcraft League. And last, but by no means least, the French League Magnus, 
we've actually had some games played here, which is incredible because there's actually teams that have <laughs> double you. digits. Like, oh my word. So uh, we have Ruan at 30 points in 10 games, won every single game so far this season, and they're doing a good job while they're doing it. Uh, then you have Nice with 23 points in 13 games, Angus with 18 points in 10 games, Gap with 15 points in 9 games, so one of the only teams still in single digits, Bordeaux with 15 points also, but four games more played with 13, Amion also with 15 points with 10 games played, so they're closer to Gap than Bordeaux is. Then you have Mulhouse, 14 points in 11 games, Grenoble, 13 points in 8 games, that rounds off the playoff spot so far. Then you have Anglais with 13 points in 11 games, uh, Chamonix Montblanc with 12 points in 10 games, Sergi Pontoise with 8 points in 7 games, and Briancon with 7 points in 10 games. So still not really sure what's happening with the French League, Magnus, as it stands right now. It's all, it's all very kind of bitty. So as we said last week, they've kind of cancelled their season. Right. And now they're filling these weeks with the the games to try and get everybody back up to the same number. Yeah. Um, so all the postponements earlier on in the season, they're trying to fit them in now. So some teams like Sergio Pontoire are playing like six games, whereas some teams like Nice just aren't playing. Very um, true. Very true. So it, it is very kind of itty and bitty. And uh, yeah, it's one of the kind of the minor leagues that we, you know, we need to not spend too long on because you're getting like kind of three or four games a week really yeah there's not really anything too crazy happening so that's no, the and it's so early in the season exactly so uh yeah that's the final league to look at so far in europe now before we move on to the a quiz that chris has got planned for me which i have no idea what's going to go on yeah i just yeah. want to mention to you that this episode of the europuck podcast is also brought to you by crosscheck clothing Crosscheck Clothing is a UK-based hockey apparel brand that provides high-quality clothing to help you rep the greatest sport on earth in style. Now, we all know that wearing your favourite team's jersey when you're watching a hockey game can be great fun, but it isn't very practical when you're going about your day-to-day life. Well, with Crosscheck's wide variety of hockey-themed t-shirts and hoodies, whether you're at the rink, going about your day, or just simply chilling at home, you can show off, the, you can show off your love for the sport, look great, and feel good all at the same time. I've personally bought half a dozen items from Crosscheck's collection over the last few years. I really like the stuff that they do, and I've got to be honest, I'm really glad that we managed to get them on board and sponsor this podcast, as it gives me a chance to talk about how much I love the variety of styles they provide. Whether it's the more obvious, kind of in-your-face hockey designs, or the more neutral and subtle looks that you can wear for any occasion, Crosscheck have got you covered in any situation. Listeners of our show can now get 15% off any order over £30 by using code EPP15. This is an exclusive offer that you won't find anywhere else, ladies and gentlemen. So make sure you take a look at Crosscheck's collection and let them know that we sent you either via their Twitter, Instagram or Facebook pages. Crosscheck also ships all over Europe and North America, so whether you're across the pond, whether you're somewhere else in Europe, they may be a UK-based brand, that doesn't matter, they will ship it to you if you are anywhere in those areas. You you can get in on the action, you should, because they provide some great clothes. I wouldn't be saying it if I hadn't bought half a dozen of their stuff over the last few years. So to get 15% off any order over £30, head on over to shop.crosscheckclothing.co.uk and use promo code EPP15. That's shop.crosscheckclothing.co.uk and promo code EPP15 for 15% off any order over £30. A big thank you to Crosscheck Clothing for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Right, Chris, give me your quiz. Let's hear it. Yeah, for those... Like Hayden will know yes. as well. And for those of you new to the podcast, like I have that kind of smirk on my face and glint <laughs> in my eye that he has come to dread when we've done these quizzes before. Yeah. <laughs> because, right. So 
I'm kind of thinking I might try and make this a bit of a regular thing and okay. kind of try and come with a theme around it. Good idea. Uh, I was looking. The problem is that I struggled to find a theme. I struggled to find ice hockey questions relating to National Popcorn Day, which it is today. I see. Okay. <laughs> so I went with one of yesterday's themes, which was National Blue Day. Okay. Um, Apparently the day where most people in the UK feel upset and down because this is where Christmas being over finally yes. hits people and they're in January blues. And so apparently ye- yesterday as we're recording this was like the most depressing day in the UK. I had heard hey. something about that, which is, hey, yes, depression. Yeah, so <laughs> I thought I'd kind of do something to make us, or more importantly, me, very happy, <laughs> which is to make Hayden go, oh, boy, and basically, make hate me. Basically, my suffering is chris's joy <laughs> yeah so it's it's five questions okay. all themed around the color blue i see okay loosely loosely I, I so see. question one question one how thick is the blue line on a double ihf ice rink oh geez wow you're really starting <laughs> off with a difficult one god damn chris um okay so how thick so right so how thick is a blue line for a double ihf it's not nhl it's iihf right yeah, how, um, how thick is well? It, it might end up being the same. I just typed into YHF. I see. Fair enough. Um, okay, so how thick is the blue line? Depen- when you've seen them paint it, how thick is it? I, d- I guess it depends how many C's like the, the word "thick" has at the end of it. No. Um, okay. Uh, how thick is the blue line? See, I've got like a, I've got a kind of idea, but I feel like it's either going to be like spot on or like so far over that I'm like, okay, this isn't good. Centimeters or inches is fine. I don't mind which. Okay, I'm going to go inches. Okay. I'm going to say the blue line is five inches. Nah, no. The blue line is. Uh, 12 inches. It's okay. a foot long. Okay, fair enough. So 30 centimetres, which is pretty much a foot. Okay, so I, I wasn't sure. I was thinking kind of five, six inches, and I thought, okay, this is either going to be really far the, off, but I managed to go really far off, so well done me. The, the, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, the NHL in the 20... I suppose this is technically still called the 2020-21 season. Are you, you can essentially just call it the 2021 season, you know, because yeah, it's, it's only being thinking, played in 2021, yeah. right? Um, has players from 15 European countries in it. Okay. How many of those European countries have blue somewhere in their flag? Oh, my word. <laughs> okay. So you've got to A, try and know. You've got to A, try and know how many, you know, list the countries and then know how many have blue in. Okay, so how many how many countries did you say? There are 15 countries. 15. How many of them have blue in their flag? That's 15 European countries. There are 15 European oh countries. Oh, my God. How many have okay, so we've obviously got flag. Sweden, Finland. They both have blue. Um, yeah. We've got... Oh, that's two. Yeah, that's two. I'm <laughs> off to a great start. Um, there's. I mean, off- it's somewhere between one and 15. Yeah, exactly. There, there's Austria, but they don't have blue. Um, there's uh, Denmark. They do have blue i believe they have like a tiny bit of blue or am i thinking of like iceland or something no denmark denmark don't have blue in theirs do they oh Oh, chris help me out here buddy um okay no denmark don't have blue okay fine so denmark don't have blue um that's only four countries russia they have blue obviously um then you've got uh that's three are there any kazakhstani players in the in the nhl this season Kazakhstan's not in Europe anyway. Fair point. Um, I know um, 
Bulgaria, um, there's a player, um, Alexander Georgiev of the Rangers. But technically, he's also Russian, but I'll say Bulgarian because he was born in Bulgaria. Um, that doesn't have blue. Well, I'll, I'll, yeah, that doesn't have blue. That doesn't have blue. Um, so what I've got, I've got six. You've got so three. Far. You've got Sweden, Finland, and Russia. And oh yeah, and I'm trying to go through all the different European countries. Uh, Germany, okay. they don't have blue, and they're another country that's got players there. Um, oh, Alexander oh, Alexander Texier of the Columbus Blue Jackets is French. The French uh, uh, flags. So that's another one. So I've got four that have blue that's in their four, flag, right? and I've currently gone through eight different countries. Oh my word! Um, <laughs> uh, Switzerland, they don't have any. Um, uh, blue in their I flag. Love, what I'm loving is the fact that he goes, "Oh, Switzerland!" Oh, yeah, they don't have blue. Yeah, no, but like, because <laughs> I've got the two things. This is the one with the uh, amount of flags, as uh, people will be, be able to see on the screen. Chris can't, obviously, but I've got one hand that's doing all of the different um, ones that do have blue, and one hand that doesn't. But I'm so I'm not, for, so I'm not forgetting all the countries that I've done. Um, the Czech Republic, they have blue on theirs, um, so that's five. Um, uh, Slovakia, they have blue on theirs, so that's six. Um, uh, so that's, uh, I've got nine countries that I've looked through right now. Ah, oh, what are the other countries? I should know this. Um, uh, da, 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 da. I'm thinking, uh, ah, oh. what are the other three countries that I'm missing here? Well, not other three, the other six, no, yeah, wait, what? I've got six plus five, 11. So yeah, I'm missing what? Three, four different countries? Four countries you're missing. Oh, that's really irritating. Oh, I'm going to kick myself because I can't remember. Like, um, Just have a guess then. Uh, so what have you got? You've got six countries with blue. Yes, so far. Um, and you've got four to go. So you you're, you reckon you you've got to be either what six, seven, eight, or nine. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go in the middle. Or I'm gonna ten. go eight. It's nine. Oh no! <laughs> we've got Sweden with ninety six, okay. Finland fifty two, Russia forty six, Czech Republic thirty two, uh, Slovakia with eight. Yeah. Um, France with three, yep. Norway with one, ah, Norway. Netherlands the with Netherlands. one, and Slovenia with one. Oh, Slovenia. I wasn't sure if there were any Slovenian players in the league. Okay, fair enough. Fair okay, enough. so that's zero for two. Stop eight. Okay. <laughs> right, we've been through... We've been through all of the leagues. How yep. much were you paying attention? <laughs> uh, blue is often a colour associated with being cold. Okay. Which team in the 11 leagues we cover here on the Eurocup podcast currently has the longest cold streak? Oh, and this oh, is games oh. this is games without a single point. Games that a single point. I feel like it's one of the more recent leagues that we looked at um because they were it's oh oh I can't remember the team's names now cuz I don't have them up on the screen. Um oh it's I feel like it's um it's not from the Polish leagues we didn't look at them so far this year. Uh, or this episode. Why do I keep saying this year? Like, the year really hasn't been that long. We're only in week two. Um, I didn't say we necessarily looked at them this episode. I said it's the 11 leagues we covered. Oh, okay. Okay. Wait, two, four, six, eight, ten. Yeah, okay. So the Polish league is included then. So I'm going to imagine it's the, like, one team in the Polish league that isn't going to be making the playoffs this year. I cannot for the life of me remember their name. Um... <laughs> Ah, oh, because we didn't look at it this week, so it's completely like disappeared out of my brain. Um, but am I along the right tracks? Yes. Okay, which team was it? It's Gdansk. That's it, Gdansk. Eleven games. Wow. Well, feel free to play along and you know pause the video and put your answers in the comments. Oh, for sure, well. definitely. Right. So yeah, Two more eleven to go. games they have. Yes. So 
everybody knows the Olympic rings. Yes. And the blue ring represents the European continent. Okay. In the IIHF World Rankings, is it the men's rankings or the women's rankings which has more European countries in the top 20? And I'll give you a bonus point if you know how many. The top 20 of, like, in terms of Countries what? in the IIHF World Rankings. Okay. So in the men's world rankings, there are X number of European teams. Right. In the women's top 20, there are X number of European teams. I which see. is more and how many? I see. I'm going to go with the... Uh, is this inclu- So does the IHF rankings include NHL teams as well? No, no, this is countries. Oh, countries. This right, is national you. size. So then surely it's going to be based on the amount of countries that are... Wait, read, read that question out again. So Right, so it's, it's the national team rankings. Right. And I'm only looking at the top 20. Top 20, okay. National team rankings. Okay. Are there more European countries in the top 20? Got you. Or the men's Got rankings you. or the women's rankings? And now, how many? Now, part of me wants to say that it'd be the women's because that's still like, it's still very much in its early stages in terms of building its international presence. Like there's, there's hockey teams obviously all around Europe but women's hockey teams and national teams, but obviously they don't really gain the exposure or they haven't had as much longevity as kind of the men's game. So part of me wants to be like, well, obviously Canada, um, America, all of those teams are going to be up there for them because they're the best countries in the world. But also the women's game have them as well. And oh. Okay, so in the top 20, I'm going to say the women's and the the number of European countries that are in the top 20 of the women's IHF rankings, I'm going to say is 16. Okay, you get one point. Okay, that's that's better than nothing. I'll take that. It's the men's rankings. Oh, okay. uh, Has the more European countries, but there are 16. You know what? Uh, I got the the difficult bit right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the women, the women have 15 European countries. So, of course, Canada and the USA are in both. Yep. Um, South Korea are also in both. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, the the other country in the men's rankings is Kazakhstan. I see. Um, and in the women's, it's Japan and China. Interesting. So, uh, women's hockey in Asia seems to be doing quite well right now. Fair enough. Right. So, we've got a final question, right? Final question. So you've got one point out of a possible five. Yeah. (laughs) Right. When was the last time the World Championships, this is proper men's full-on World Championships, were won by a team wearing predominantly blue in the final? Oh. Oh, that's a good question. Um, Because obviously Sweden won it most recently. uh, Or they've won it. They won it two years on the go, didn't they? But they're jerseys are primarily yellow so it's not going to be them i would imagine it's got to be finland because finland were primarily wear blue on theirs um they won it this last year didn't they Kapo kako got the um uh he won uh the world championships with the team so yeah it's got to be the 2019 tournament because finland won it right i'll uh, give you half a point okay why because yes finland it's won it. finland it wasn't 2019 but okay but when they won it in 2019, they were in their white jerseys with blue trim. Got it. Got it. Okay, so they were the away team. Fair enough. Fair playing enough. playing in predominantly blue, it was Finland back in 2011. I would never have guessed that. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> because again, as you said, like Sweden have won it, but again, they've just got the blue trim yep. with the predominantly yellow and the blue shorts, but predominantly blue 
Finland 2011. So I'll give you I'll give you two points out of a possible seven from that. I'll take that. You know what? I'll take that. Um, <laughs> now, yeah. Next week, um, it's, what is it? I might struggle again next week. It's Australia Day. Okay. Um, National National Peanut Brittle Day and National Spouses Day. So I might struggle to get ice hockey. Uh, I mean, you could, you could talk about like that. famous hockey players, partners or something, I guess. I could, I could try or, or, or like, like that, uh, yes. or like two tandems <laughs> of um, like both the man and the wife or the two like uh, male <laughs> or female partners that both play hockey or something, you know, famous like yes. couple. So, I don't know. Yeah, let us know how you did it in the, in the comment section. Absolutely. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to know. I mean, I, I gave it a good go. I wasn't expecting any of the questions. I, like Chris didn't tell me anything about the questions that he was going to ask or what they were related on. So very much went in it like uh, cold as most of you were wow, because of the color blue. Hey. Um, so yeah. Um, so we've got one more thing to talk about here on the show this week before we do some bonus clip content for our YouTube channel. And that is, uh, Chris wanted to go over some of the European players that are, that have made their debuts in the NHL recently and are the ones that are playing particularly very well. Cause obviously in our bonus clip last week that if you haven't watched it already, go and check out the Europuck podcast YouTube channel. Uh, we discussed, um, a lot of the, I'm just bringing up the images right now, just so we need them. Uh, we discussed, uh, the NH, uh, several high profile European, long-time European players that were making their NHL debuts over the coming weeks. And now Chris has found some of the rookies specifically that have spent a lot of time in Europe, whether it be on loan or uh, whether it be because that's where they grew up and that's the system that they played through. And we just wanted to fit round off this episode by, you know, just giving them a bit of a shout out and keeping track of some of the guys that we should be paying attention to in Europe. So Chris, take it away. Uh, yeah, right. So I'm looking at here, here at the rookies. Um, top of the rookies is Kirill Kaprizov, who we mentioned in last week. Was it a bonus episode or main episode? It was I a bon track. bonus episode last week. Yeah, it actually goes bonus out. Episode last week. It goes out the day after we've recorded this on yes, the channel. Yes, good point. Uh, uh, he's got four points from three games, one goal and three assists. Um, E2 Lustarian as well. Uh, he's got a goal and assist um, in the one game that he's played. Uh, Tim Stutzel as well. He's got a goal. In the uh, in the two games he's played against Toronto, although he took quite a nasty cross check in the in the last game, I saw looking at our uh, and Twitter he's, as well. He's gone out with an injury, I believe, uh, for the game yes. against Winnipeg tonight. I believe it is as we're recording this, so that's not particularly very helpful. Um, but yeah, not um, brilliantly brilliant, is it? <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Especially for the Senators, that you know they're they're not looking particularly very bad so far this season. Um, but yeah, I mean, losing a guy like Tim Stutzler really doesn't help there. Uh, their their regular season, but um, yeah, I mean, I mean, K Kirill Kaprizov, like he's been such a fantastic player to start the year. His first NHL game, he scores an overtime winner. I think he's become the third player, only the third player in league history. It's either Minnesota Wild franchise history or league history to score an overtime winner in his NHL debut. So. Yeah, Minnesota fans have been excited for him to come over for a very long time, and he really isn't disappointing to start the season, is he, Chris? No. No, uh, other people who do, who do mention other people then. I mean, I'm kind of going to netminders now. Elias Sorokin didn't have the greatest first game. No, he did not. <laughs> um, well, goals against average of five. Yep. Um, and he uh, was same percentage of point eight four four. He did face quite a few shots, to be honest. If, if you, um, do you know the um, circumstances uh, around his NHL debut? Which I, if if he wasn't playing the Rangers that game, I would have felt really sorry for the guy. You know, because um, for those who for those of you who were unaware who didn't catch the uh, Rangers Islanders game um earlier this week, which if you live in Europe, chances are if you're not a diehard Rangers fan like I am, you probably wouldn't have because it finished at three o'clock in the morning. Um, but 
Um, Semyon Varlamov, the other Russian goaltender uh, for the uh, uh, New York Islanders, he actually got injured by a shot during warm-ups. Uh, I think it was Cal Clutterbuck. He took it below his neck, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, Cal Clutterbuck shot uh, shot the puck like right underneath his neck, right underneath his like neck guard. And that was with about 10 minutes to go in warm-ups. He has to then come off the ice. Corey Schneider becomes the emergency backup netminder. That's the really good thing I like about the taxi squad. They always have a player, uh, whether there's injuries or something that happens, there's a player that can just jump in straight away and kind of take that place. But um, yeah, so Ilya Sorokin basically had 10 minutes to get ready for his NHL debut. He wasn't expecting to play in the game until 10 minutes before the puck dropped. He allows a goal on like his second shot or his first shot two and a half minutes into the game. And yeah, I mean... It also doesn't help that the New York Rangers were out for blood because they'd been completely embarrassed for nothing on home ice on their first game of the season. So it's kind of yeah, a... Yeah, didn't help that either. No, not at all. So it's a kind of a combination of a load of different things. Um, and that led to a pretty unfortunate situation for Sorokin. But he's a professional. He's a solid goaltender and has been in the KHL for a very long time. So I, I'd, I'd expect him to be able to to get back into it and, you know... Uh, shake it off and just kind of move on because you know everybody thinks I, I've been the same with Lafreniere's um, NHL debut like he didn't score in his first game he hasn't got points in his first two games they play the New Jersey Devils tonight as a, as this uh, we're recording this episode it's kind of like I really just want to see those young guys pick up their first goals and their first points because you know how much how that how much that like eats away at them so for Sorokin yeah he's not as young as those guys he's 24 25 years old now so I'd imagine him being like oh okay I didn't get my first NHL win it might eat away at him a little bit but he's like you know what I'll have the chance to get another one later on and you know he's got the chance to have a decade-long career in the best league in the world so uh, if he plays that towards his standard so yeah Chris was there, sorry was there anybody else that yeah you to so I was a netminder who had, the, who had better time of it uh Vitek Vanishek from the Czech Republic um, had his first career game with Washington Capitals. Oh, wow. Um, had 30 saves on 31 attempts uh, for a 0.968 uh, save percentage and only a one goals against average. So good first uh, first game for him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. And then um, there's another netminder, Igor Shosturkin, who you'll know obviously more about. Um had well, he did have a few games last season, didn't he? But yes. uh, he still technically counts as a rookie. Yep, absolutely. Um, conceded what four goals in thirty-three uh, shots last time around. Yeah, he, he had a, um, he had a bit of a rough game. I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. He had a bit of a rough game. His first yeah. game of the season, he just wasn't on it, unfortunately. But then again, neither was the rest of the Rangers team. So I won't put that solely on him, you know. <laughs> um, and then I suppose the, the guy who I suppose had the worst game, for want of a better phrase. Um, was uh, Villa Huso, the six foot three netminder for the St. Louis Blues, oh. um, who had his game against uh, Colorado on the 15th? Like, is that the one they ran out like eight nil winners or something? Yes, before. I believe so. Uh, he conceded four goals on oh. 14 save attempts in the first period um, with a save percentage of 0.714, got pulled at the end of the first period. Um, and uh, yeah, so it has a goals against average of twelve point one five at the moment. So uh, not great for him. <laughs> not very good at all. But so as you can imagine, the NHL season's only a week into um, the twenty twenty one year, and yeah, there's going to be some players that come out swinging. There's going to be some players that are a bit of a slower burn. But, you know, we've got some interesting hockey lined up there. And if you guys want us to keep you up to date with the prospects around uh, the NHL and kind of the rookies and 
Well, obviously, there's lots of European players that sit up there in terms of the point scorers. We'll we'll keep you updated with those guys. We've been we started to do it on Twitter a little bit recently, kind of former KHL, SHL, Liga, DL alumni. Um, and some of you guys seem to be really interested in, in us keeping up to date with that. So we'll for sure keep you up to date with that. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know how uh, some of those European players are doing across the pond. So I don't know about you, Chris. I think this is a perfect place to end today's episode of the Euro Puck mm-hmm. podcast. We got through some really interesting topics. You had a quiz that you grilled me on. So no surprise there. <laughs> um, I just want to say before we finish, a big thank you once again to both DraftKings and Crosscheck Clothing for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. We're really happy to try and get some sponsors on here and, you know, give us... We, we've been doing this, like, since August and, you know, we've wanted to have the chance to earn ourselves a bit of money while we do it and promote some brands that we really like. Like I use DraftKings and Crosscheck Clothing. I've used them many times in the past. So I want to bring you guys stuff that I would use myself, you know? So there you go. Um, We've got some interesting things coming up in the works. Hopefully we can't uh, reveal anything yet because it's still very much in the works, but probably by by the time this episode goes out we may or may not have some really exciting news on our social media so go and check out at europuck podcast on twitter and or instagram but yeah thanks for watching the this episode guys we hope you enjoyed episode 20 god we're getting through them now aren't we um we are but if you want to keep updated on all things european hockey or send us your thoughts opinions or questions either from today's show or for our next show Check out our social media handles at the bottom of the screen. And if you enjoyed listening to either or both of your hosts today, which of course you did because we're wonderful, you can check out my social media at OddmanRushYT on Twitter or Chris at Chris underscore Gadsby. But thanks again for listening, guys, or watching, whether it's on YouTube or Spotify or Apple or anything. And we'll see you again next time. Have a good one, folks.